don't take life for granted. Even the simple, most basic things in your life, like being able to brush your teeth, wash your hair, walk. I used to walk 11 flights of stairs three times a day, and now I can't even walk, you know. Um, but or bathing yourself, you know, any of those basic necessities that you have to do daily. Thank God that you're able to do them. Thank Him for that, because in a blink of an eye, it can be taken away from you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope you are all doing well today. I have a very special guest with me today. I have author Daisy Page with me. Daisy, how are you doing today? I'm great, Eric, and I'm so thankful for you having me as a guest on your show. It's a pleasure to be here. So you and I are both a part of the Facebook group, Need a Guest, or Be a Guest, um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the name of the group is actually called Need a Guest. I, and my friend Cammy, who's who did the podcast maybe a few, I don't know how many episodes ago it was now, she said, if you ever need guests for your podcast, join this Facebook group and, you know, post your links and see what happens. So I did that and you were one of the people who responded. And I really felt like God was telling me to reach out to you and get you on the show as soon as possible. So one, I want to thank you for even responding to that. And I want to thank you for just your yes to the Lord and just being on here today. It's, it's a blessing to have you on. Well, Eric, I felt the same way. I saw you're rooted in Christ, and it kind of called out to me. And actually, as I was getting ready for this podcast today, I got to thinking, this is going to be the last one I do. I just can't handle it anymore with my health. So I'm really glad to be here today with you. It is very humbling and a huge blessing for me that this is going to be the last one that you do. And it's funny because I didn't know that. I was sitting in the airport coming back from a work trip, and I really felt like God was telling me, go back to that post, go back to the post that you posted looking for guests. And your name was one of the ones in there that I hadn't reached out to yet. And I really felt God was like, make this happen sooner rather than later. Like, you know, you just get that feeling like that. You just know when you're knower, like the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something. So when you when you share with me, this was going to be the last one. I was just like, wow, look at God. Look at God move. Well, I am writing a second book, and I'm probably going to do a few from my laptop and my hospital bed, but and I'd like to come back and talk a little bit about that book with you when it's done. Whenever you want to come back, whenever you want to come on, um, the door is open. You just let me know. You just let me know. Thank you. Know, you. you know how to find me. So um, I'm going to- I got your number. You do. You do. You do. Call or text me anytime. Um, I'm going to dive right into it because we're going to talk about your health and the part that's played in your faith and the part that is played in the book as well. So let's just start at the beginning. So where are you from and where did you grow up? I'm in a small town in East Texas, and uh, I'm actually in the same town that I grew up in. Um, I've left here a few times, but never more than four and a half years or something, some sort of tragedy or trauma mm. has always brought me back here. But I guess it's because I'm surrounded by friends and family and feel more secure and have people around me that I need, especially now. 
So talk to me a little bit and talk to the audience a little bit about like your life story, like your your testimony. Were you always following Christ? Some of the things he's done in your life, like feel free to talk about your your spiritual journey a little bit. Well, I became a Christian about eight years old mm-hmm. and uh, I read the Bible from front to back by the age of 10. Wow. I loved the Bible. I loved learning about God. I the Church and church camp and Bible drills and things like that, vacation Bible school were my extracurricular activities. Anything that had to do with learning about heaven and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God, that was what I was about. Hmm. So, um, speaking of, you know, Texas here is a big state. I won second place in a state Bible drill when I was about 10 years old. I thought that was pretty big. You know, got a trophy and everything. I was very happy about that. Um, went to church camp every summer and, uh, I did Bible devotions of my own every morning and night. I started my day with God and I ended my day with Him. Wow. So you've had a foundation in Christ almost your entire life. Yes, I did. My stepmom, she was the pianist at church, and I remember being very small, probably about four or five years old, playing and rolling under the church pews, you know, while they were doing choir practice. I give you credit for reading the Bible by age 10. Um, How a 10-year-old got through Numbers, Leviticus, I just, I give you all the credit in the world. I may may call you for some word studies when we get off of here. (laughs) (laughs) You could tell me a a scripture, and I could tell you what verse it was, what chapter, what verse it was. Wow. I couldn't do that now. Yeah. (laughs) But back then, I couldn't have. Or you could give me a, a chapter and a verse, and I can read that scripture to you. Talk to me a little bit about your your book. You have a book called Unexpected Moments. So what was the inspiration behind that? How did that get started? Where did where did all that come from for you? Well, first of all, you know, at age 14, I rededicated my life. And God told me at that time that I, I was going to have a huge testimony to share mm-hmm. when I got older. Well, I was molested at, from the age of nine to about 13 and a half. And then I was raped at 14 and laced with LSD and PCP by a, a guy at school that worked at a, a school store about a block from the store, school. He asked me and a bunch of other girls out. And we, when we told him no, he, he laced us with things that we liked to buy. He knew we liked to buy at the store, our regular things, you know. And... um my father, he didn't believe me about the molestation, so um, it kind of had a big gap in our relationship at home, you know. Um, I thought my real mo- my stepmom was my real mom until I was about nine. And I found out that my real mother had been killed in a car accident when I was six months old. Um I ended up pregnant at the age of 17 just because I, I wanted to get out of the house. I didn't know my, my dad didn't tell my stepmom about, about the molestation. And I just felt that I was unsupported at home. So I wanted to get out of that home so badly. And then I ended up, um, I had my daughter and I, and I moved out shortly after I had her. 
So life is full of unexpected moments, and all of those were unexpected moments. And that's what, I mean, unexpected moments is about pretty much. But I didn't know it was going to be a book at that mm. time, but those are the things that I knew had to go in that book. They were my testimony from that God told me to, to share. So when you started out on the on the book writing process, you said you didn't know it was going to be a book. At what point did you realize, you know what, I'm going to put this out to get published and just tell my story of the world? Well, um, about a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with a rare terminal neurological disorder um, called MSA, or it's known as multi-system atrophy. And after I was diagnosed, God told me, you know, you know, when God speaks to you, like it's in the heart, it's not in your ears like you and I speak. But he told me your time on earth, your time is near, my dear. And you need to tell your story from the beginning first. People need to know your story. That's when I knew everything I'd been through had to be shared somehow still didn't know it was going to be by a book though mm. i just knew i had to share my story but i didn't know how i was going to do that you know the answer to that is probably from your next question <laughs> one of my favorite like mentors who doesn't know he's mentoring me is kurt cameron <laughs> um so explain to the audience how he got involved with with your book in this process Oh, sure will. That's one of my favorite stories to tell. Yeah. Um, so my my doctor, when he diagnosed me, he said, you need to um, enjoy your life while you can. Um, do things while you can because it won't be long and you won't be able to. So I was going to go to Vermont and see my best friend that helped me through some things in my life. And the time that I was supposed to go, she ended up with COVID. So I had to postpone. So we, my husband and I were driving home from physical therapy one day. We drove by the big home, hometown church, and on the marquee there, there was a, a, a sign that said Kurt Cameron was going to be there as a special guest the next week. And my husband knew I was a big, huge fan of his. Um, growing up as a teenager, I had, my po had his posters all over my bedroom walls, and... Uh, he asked me if I wanted to go see him since we couldn't go to Vermont. And I said, of course I do. Of course I do. So I, I went there. I, I got my stepmom to go with me as a VIP guest. Um, she, By the way, she didn't know about the molestation or any of that. My dad didn't share it with her. So I, I just thought she didn't support me. And two years ago, she found out. So she's become a really huge part of my life now. Um, but I, I called her up and said, you want to go see Kurt Cameron with me? She said, oh, I would be glad to. So as VIP guest, you get to go early, you know, before the event starts. And I was in my wheelchair in the front row at the end. And it became picture time. And I was just going to sit there and wait until he got done with everybody else. And then after he came off the stage, I was going to ask him if he'd take mine with me there. And these two gentlemen came over to me in my wheelchair and said, can we put your wheelchair on stage for you? 
I said, you don't have to do that. And they said, no, we want to. So they did. Well, back then, I could stand up, you know, with assistance. So Kirk came up to me and I said, Kirk, I, I would love to take my picture with you standing up. And he said, can you get out of your wheelchair? And I said, yes, if you help me, mm. I can. So he he helped me up and I held on to him. Boy, I had the death grip on him, you know. <laughs> he uh, took my picture with me and I gave him a bracelet that said Defeat MSA. And he dot org and he said is this what you have and i said yes it is and he said i'd like to speak with you some more about this after the event so i said okay well after the event i guess he had 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 already looked it up and um, i asked the security guard if he could get kirk to come and autograph my ticket for me and he said yes and he wanted to see you anyway so i would be more than happy to get him so he and kirk came back and Kirk knelt down by my wheelchair and he said, can I pray for you? And I said, oh, I would love that. And he grabbed both my hands and he prayed for me. And after that, he said, what you have is is terminal? And I said, yes, it is. And he said, well, I'm so sorry about that. You know, and I said, hey, I had a vision from God. You know, he told me he I had a story to share and I, I needed to tell from the beginning my testimony to, I needed to tell the world. And Kirk said, well, how do you plan on doing it? And I said, well, I really don't know. He said, I think you should write a book. I said, well, I've never written anything but a poem before. I, I don't know that I could do that. And he said, you don't have to. God will. You pray for those words and he'll give them to you to put into that book. And he said, here's my email address. You keep me updated on the progress. And um, I'd like to stay in touch with you. So I would email him and tell him, hey, well, I started writing the very next day, actually. And the wires just, what they flowed, you know. I would spend about two or three hours a day writing and uh, kept him updated. And, uh, after I got finished, uh, the start of this um, in October, I finished in January. And he said, send me the manuscript. I would love to read it. So I sent him the manuscript, and he sent back a, a forward about a week later. Hmm. So, wow. yeah, that that's how Unexpected Moments became a story and book. Wow. That is incredible. I just... I was going to wait till the end to say this, but it's kind of on my heart to say it now. I just, I want to thank you just for being an encouragement to anyone who is listening right now, because you are motivating me to just eliminate all the excuses of my life for why I'm not doing something. You know, I just want to thank you for just your transparency and just the the strength that you showed and just the representation you are of, of Christ. So thank you so much for everything you're sharing with us today. I really do appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I love sharing my story, and I'm supposed to. You know, it's it's easy for us to to say, "Oh, I have faith. I have faith." Until our faith is is tested, that's where that's really where we know where we sit. You know, we might have a measure of faith, but then you get to find out what that really looks like once it's tested. So, how how has your faith helped you during this time? Um. Well, I will say 
that I have days that I don't want to get up or I don't want to write or, you know, things like that. And having faith, God gives me that extra strength to, to motivate me that, hey, people need you. You need to get up and help share your story and um, talk about your faith. You know, if I wouldn't have had faith, I believe it's also made me strong enough to get through certain things in my life mm -hmm. and also to make me strong enough to get through this MSA because this is a very tough condition, very painful. And do you, and I obviously, because you've, I mean, you basically know the Bible from, from cover to cover. So what, what are some of the scriptures that you've gone to in this time or you just hung on to or clung to in, in this season? That my, I believe, you know, my favorite one is Psalms 119, 105. Mm. Thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. God lights your path for you if you open your eyes and, and look for that light or listen for his directions. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the other one is, but without faith, it's impossible to please. Mm -hmm. Please him, Good. for he who comes to God believes that he is, and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. That being Hebrews eleven six, both going back to faith, you know, and having faith in in, in God. And I, I always, you know, when I talk to people, sometimes I tell them like I have, we all we all have those hard days, right? Where sometimes we we just we don't feel like it, or we don't want to. It's our flesh fighting us, or you know, our circumstance, or whatever the case may be. But since when you when you started going through the process of of writing this book, was there anything about this process as far as book writing that you didn't necessarily like or didn't enjoy? Yes, it was when I wrote about you know the toughest things about mm -hmm. like the being the being molested or raped or you know there was some, there was a couple times in my life that I tried to commit suicide and I know now that's that's Satan. He's the one trying to tries to get you to, to do that, but but yeah, those were very difficult times to write through. But I do talk to a Christian therapist on a weekly basis, and it and God lined it up where when I would have those days where I'd have to write about those tough times, it was time to talk to her. Mm. So she helped me, and it was very, very therapeutic, but very difficult at the same time. I was actually going to ask, you know, because. You, you said something that how your father didn't necessarily believe the story and he didn't tell your, you know, your stepmom at the time when this was going on in, in the early stages, like how did you get through it then? And if you cover that in the book and you'd rather say, read the book, that's, that works too. <laughs> no, I just, I just kept pushing through and having those Bible testimony uh, devotionals daily having my time with God, I, I already was really a very isolated person growing up, you know, probably due to all the trauma, but mm 
I um, stayed in my room and drew and, and just read the Bible and did the devotionals. But after the when the time I got laced, it really threw me because um, when they figured out the guy that was doing it, he they were in a, he he was in a drug raid, and he pulled a gun on an officer, and so he was shot and killed. And that's the time that I tried to come. One of the times I tried to commit suicide because that was, you know, that was just kind of a shocker there. But um, no, I just. I slammed myself even more, you know, mm. just spent more more one-on-one time with God to help me just get through because my father, my stepmother, I felt weren't there for me, but I know he was, and he always would be. So to that effect, because, you know, I know you covered a lot of this in your book, um, and I'm going to need to get a few. I want to, when we're done, I want to figure out how I can get a few copies of this so i can pass it out to some people i know it'd probably be a blessing to um what was some of the some of the things that surprised you the most in when you were creating the book the real thing was forgiving being Mm -hmm. able to forgive all those that harmed me you know god doesn't say we have to forget what they've done just forgive so I forgive. I even reached out to a couple of them, like my molester, and um, I, I got a real ugly message back. But I wrote a letter to other the others that harmed me, and I just ripped them up or what you know destroyed them. But it was it was a relief for to get it off my my chest and made me lighter feeling. But I was just surprised at how easily it was for me to be able to forgive them because I had never done that yet in my life. I, I talk to folks about this all the time that, you know, that forgiveness piece, you know, it it helps to set you free in some capacity, you know. So is that would you say that was the case for you based off some of the things that you had been through? It was. Um and, and I was asked to know that you must forgive in order to be forgiven. Mm, that's good. So I, I ask a lot of guests this question. So I'm just curious what your answer is to this. So how do you stay filled up right now? Like how do you just stay ministering out of your overflow with everything going on in your life, with everything you're doing? How do you stay just filled up and just stay Christ-centered? By knowing where I'm going, what beautiful home there is awaiting for me with where there is no pain um where you're with the family and friends that have gone on before you so how would you then describe your relationship with jesus then versus your relationship with jesus now he's like a friend brother someone that you can easily talk to or have a conversation with um and I don't think that's changed from now or then. It, I might be able to talk to him a little more clearly now, especially since I wrote the book. I think that helped me to be able to do that. Sometimes I just lie in bed and just kind of just stare at the ceiling, but I'm talking to Jesus. I'm talking to God, you know. 
So if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Someone that can inspire others to 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 that to the, that don't believe to believe, hmm. and that they can make it, and also someone that can create awareness for MSA. Cause it's so rare. How um you might have said this in the beginning, but just in case, I want to ask how many. I know you because I know you said this is this is rare. How many people typically get diagnosed with this a year? Do you know the statistics or the average by any chance? Well, I'll just say that four out of every 100,000 people in the U.S. are, are diagnosed with it. That's how okay. rare it is. Okay. And I always told my friends and family, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. There you go. Uh, at first, I looked at it as I drew an unlucky card, but now I look at it as something that needs to be shared. You know, um, people need to know about it because it is so rare. And my plans are to donate my brain so that more research can be done and hopefully help to find a cure for it. That's going on my prayer list immediately. That's going to add it to my list. So what motivates you? What motivates me? That would be my family and God. My family because they are here now, which I haven't seen my son, but maybe a couple of times the past five years because he's in the military. but. I just found out about two weeks ago that he is getting stationed about an hour and a half from me. So God's bringing him home so he can have a little bit more time with mom. Amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, what was really neat about it is um, he got to choose two places that he would like to go. And they picked one place for him, which was going to be Alaska, which he already, he served four years in Alaska already. But um, then they put those three places in a hat. And they drove, they drew that place. It's an hour and a half from me. So I know who had that, that place picked, and that was God. I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of watching God connect the dots, you know, because sometimes we always want it to be in like this straight, perfect line and you can, and he's all over, you know, Oh yeah. He might be all over the place and it might look like absolute chaos and nonsense to us, but I, I love watching God connect the dots. It is neat, isn't it? Cause you don't know what's going to come up next. Do you? <laughs> you don't, we just know that he, you know, he's going to work it together for the good of those who love him. We just don't know which direction it's, it's going to go on. We think it's going to go one way. And he's like, no, I'm God. I, I know what I'm doing. You know, we're going over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to, um, you know, I want to thank you so much because this has been, again, this is inspiring. So these, these last two questions I ask everyone, but so why do you do what you do? Because God tells me to. And I fear those that don't do what God tells them to do. Come on. And I'm going to obey him. I've been on all sides of that equation. I didn't believe. Then I 
did believe but had one foot in the church and one foot out and i saw the damage that that caused then i rededicated my life to christ in you know at the azusa conference that came to to cleveland ohio and you know i've seen it and i i will take my worst day with jesus because it's better than my best day without him i'll take it i'll take that in a heartbeat um and it, it just it amazes me too and i think that what happens is the enemy puts up puts up those blinders you know it's and i think that we we live in a I always tell people that the microwave was the worst invention ever <laughs> because it everything but then became just quick and we need it right now we wanted it yesterday and this isn't quick enough and sometimes just even in my own journey i've seen you know what this is going to take time for god to peel back these layers some things happen for me radically other things happen for me you know slowly there's some things he's still working out even right now as i'm sitting here you know talking to you you know, so I, I think there's power in every single testimony. The person who's been serving God their entire life, and then the person, you know, like me who struggled with addiction and depression and and suicidal thoughts, who, you know, who walked away essentially. And thank God that he was like, he just kept tapping on my heart. You know, I thank God he didn't walk away from me. Well, and just because you do have Christ in your life doesn't mean you don't, you know, we don't go through those things too. Exactly. But because Satan really works harder to try to pull the ones that are close to God away from him and put those blinders on them. So I've had my times with Satan where I've joined his team for a little bit, but then I went back and I've had my times with why God, why you do, why I, I've devoted my life to you, basically, but yet I walk. I have to go down this 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 road that is so hard. And you know, why do you put these things in my life? Because he knows I overcome them. That's why. But I don't know those sometimes, you know, and I have to second guess him. And just because you're a Christian, don't mean you don't second guess him. And that's one of the things that I always teach at my church. You know, I'm going to tell you that sometimes we're going to struggle, right? Because sometimes people just want to paint this, what's the word, this cookie cutter, picture perfect journey. And no, I know that I'm so messed up that I need a savior. I know that I need a father. I know that I can't do this on my own. And I have 20 plus years of my life to prove that I cannot do this on my own, you know? And so it's no, I, I I agree. I think that, um, because even when I, I gave my life to Christ, you know, like I said, I had one foot in and and one foot out and I saw, I saw it was in hindsight, but I saw the damage to that, that, that really, that that really caused because, you know, Christians can have that, can struggle with those same things too, especially if we don't deal with the things that God is telling us to deal with, the things that he's trying to remove from us, and we keep going back to to our past. Well, there were, during my, my times that I strayed from him, you know, there was times that I was out partying and drinking and things like that. And I talk about that in my next book, which is going to be called Beyond Heaven's Gates. But um, I talk about what got me off the, got me back on the right track, you know, those sort of things. But if you don't mind, 
I know you wanted to ask what was MSA. Yeah. So that we can create some awareness for that. Yeah. It's called multi-system atrophy. And it's an auto-degenerative disease of your autonomic functions. You know, the, the functions of your body that you you don't have to think about doing, like breathing, um, your digestive system, digesting your food, your urinary system, your circulatory system, all those, you know, sort of functions. Swallowing. Um, it just, those things stop. And ultimately, it, it leads to death. It starts with mobility issues, where back in 2018, I was having issues with coordination. You know, um, tripping over my own feet is, is, a, is a common thing, but I was doing it more so and shaking really bad and dropping things a lot. Um, Imminent Parkinson's, and that's what I was diagnosed with at first. But then they gave me Parkinson's um, medicine, carbidopa, levodopa, and it didn't help. So they sent me to a movement disorder specialist, and he's the one that evaluated me and was with me for about 10 minutes. And he said, you don't have Parkinson's. You have MSA. And I was like, oh. So you're going to be able to fix me, right? I said, no, I'm sorry, but it's no, there's no cure for it. And unfortunately, you know, you're going to progress quickly. Because that was another thing. My, my stepmother, my father was, this is something I didn't share, but my father was possibly murdered when I was 20 years old. My stepmom is remarried, but she's my mom because she's, raised me since I was about two years old. Um, but uh, her husband has Parkinson's. She's a nurse. She's like, this is just going too fast. You're, you're getting worse too quickly. This is not how Parkinson works. So she knew it wasn't Parkinson's. But so some people that are diagnosed with Parkinson's, just people beware, you know, if other things start happening and it starts happening more rapidly than you think Parkinson should, ask your doctor, could this possibly be MSA? And a lot of doctors don't know what MSA is because of its rarity. And the only way they're able to really, you get a probable diagnosis. They can really diagnose you certainly without an autopsy of your brain. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going to donate my brain to science so they can prove my diagnosis and, um, you know, learn f to come up with a cure. There's two types of, of uh, MSA, too. There's uh, what they call MSAP, which is one Parkinson's mimic. And then the other one is called um, MSAC. Well, I have the M, I have the P, of course. So the uh, C is a cerebellar type, and um, it's, it's not. There's no pain with that type. Parkinson's has. You know, we have a lot of pain. Hmm. We have these. Do you know how bad Charlie horse hurts? 
we get Charlie horses in our neck mm. and our shoulders and they don't stop. They're constant. And the only way that we can get any ease from them is every four months, I go see the doctor and it gives me Botox injections in my neck and my shoulders where it will release the tension in those uh, muscles. Another thing that got my mom knowing that this was not Parkinson's was because I got down to 96 pounds. Mm. Um, with this tension, so, t- you know, your bo- your muscles and everything so tight, uh, your body's burning calories all the time. Even when we, when I slept, which was kind of a rarity, but from pain, but, but I was burning so many calories while I slept too. So I got to weigh in. Wasting away, the doctor said I was always wasting away and was lucky to get in to see him so he could give me something to put some weight on me. And boy, did he do that! <laughs> but, but going back to Kirk Cameron and 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 God putting things in our path, I know that He put Kirk Cameron in my path because without Kirk, I wouldn't have been inspired to write the book. And then, and to know that that is my way to get the story out. And he put you in my path to help me get my story out. But I would like to read Kirk's forward, if you don't mind. This is your time. This is, I. you go right ahead. I love this forward and it, it really, it makes me cry every time I read it. Um, because he is so... Genuine. He is one of the most kindest, genuine people I've met. And I don't know if you know this, but he was atheist. He didn't believe in God Hmm. until he was 18. So he's been on both sides of of it, too. You know, the life without Christ and not believing. And then now, since he was 18 years old, he's been all about God. And I love that. It's never strayed again. But he says, It was an autumn night in Texas when I first met Daisy. She came up in a wheelchair next to me at a campfire. Her smile was bright. She shared her journey with me and told me she did not have much time left on earth. I told her to write it down her story and I would do anything I can to help share her with the world. I only spoke with her briefly that night, but her attitude and resilient spirit inspired me. I hope this book of an individual's incredible journey through emotional, physical, and spiritual pain and coming through the other side of tragedy, still praising the Lord, will encourage you in your present situation. Daisy's message will bring you comfort and remind you that you are not alone in your struggles or life circumstances. I pray her words bring you hope. There is one who knows the plans he has for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Kirk Cameron. Wow. That is incredible. And then when I got that, I thought, I inspired him? <laughs> but if I inspired him, then I know that I could inspire others. So I know that I had to definitely get this book published. 
you're you're probably inspiring more people than you'll ever know. There, this is this is what podcast number fifty two for you. I think you said so. Whoever's listened to you on those other um, fifty one podcasts, I, I'm sure you've touched more lives than you will ever know. So. I want to, you know, take time to thank you for just again your yes, the Lord, your faithfulness, your your transparency. You're inspiring me as as we speak. Um, I I think I can't remember how many days ago it was. Now um, I mapped out some spiritual goals for for 2023. I don't do the New Year's resolution thing. I mapped out some ways to to really get closer to to God and fill my cup up even more in 2023, just because of some things I know God is asking me to do. And um, you're inspiring me even through this podcast. Um, and it is, I told you even before we started, I didn't know this was going to be your last podcast other than some other things you mentioned you might be doing, but I'm humbled and I greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for helping me get this story out and inspiring others. And I, I have to say, I tell this at, at the end of every one of my podcasts that I've done, don't take life for granted. Even the simple, most basic things in your life, like being able to brush your teeth, wash your hair, walk. I used to walk 11 flights of stairs three times a day, and now I can't even walk, you know. Um, but or bathing yourself, you know, any of those basic necessities that you have to do daily. Thank God that you're able to do them. Thank him for that, because in a blink of an eye, it can be taken away from you, and you're not going to be able to do those things. So don't take them for granted. Just like life, stop and smell the roses, you know, that sort of thing. Can Stop, smell the roses, stop and be thankful for things you can do. Those day-to-day blessings, I think sometimes we take for granted because we have them, for lack of a better term, day-to-day. We don't think about yeah. it, you know, whether it be the clothes on our backs, whether it be clean water, whether it be a car to, to drive us to work, whether it be walking, running, um, training, whatever, just speaking. So, no, that's, 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 there's a lot of wisdom in that. So, thank you for sharing that. And if I could go back and do anything differently, that's the one thing I would do. I would thank him every day for being able to do those things because I feel now that I did take them for granted. Yes, ma'am. Message received (laughs) loud and clear. So that brings me to my last question, which is the final segment of this show. And you might have just said it, but just in case there is anything else, this is our let them know segment. This is the portion of the of the podcast where you can let the audience know anything additional that you would like to say or share. Daisy, this is your time. Is there anything else you'd like to let the audience know before we get out of here today? Thank God for giving us Jesus, you know, John 3, 16. That, that verse for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life believe that believe that there is everlasting life that's what gives me hope and strength now that I don't have I did, I did yoga every day I tried to do things to take care of myself 
but I wasn't thanking for myself, you know, thanking him for myself. So thank God for you and what you can do and for giving him, for giving us his son. Because he, he died upon that cross. Now we carry our own crosses, our own, our own burdens, our own pain. But we can ask God to help us carry that cross and he will. And you, we can get through this. And I believe now I'm, I went through the things in my life. God put me through those things to make me stronger and to make it through this horrible beast of a disease is what they call it. So hashtag defeat MSA. Okay. <laughs> Look that up. And I'm going to beat it. Well, I'm not going to beat it, but I'm going to beat it long, long enough to hold me through the rest of the time I have here on this earth, but I can't wait to go through heaven's gates. And if I, if I know what God showed me in my visions, I know what those gates look like, and I can't wait to get in front of them for real and be in line for St. Peter to check me in. Because <laughs> I know where I'm going. Amen. Amen. What we're going to do is we're going to share your links to your pages, um, to your to where they can purchase the books. We're going to share some information on MSA and that hashtag as well. Um, also, I'm donating mm -hmm. proceeds of my book. Go to the charity researching for a cure. So if you buy the book from my link that I'm going to give you, um, I do get more pro more proceeds. So the charity gets more proceeds. Don't buy from. Not that I'm talking bad about Amazon or right. anything like that, but if you buy from Amazon, then I only get a dollar for proceeds. Now, how okay. much? Ten 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 cents isn't going to be much for them to research on. So, if you buy from me, you know, like a soft cover book, I'm going to get. I think it's eight dollars proceeds, so they're going to get. 81 cents you know that's gonna ease for that that adds up a little bit more than 10 cents a book i was always bad at math but i'm pretty sure you're right about that <laughs> like if you buy hardcovers then i get like 16 dollars for proceeds that's gonna you know those dollars add up more than those cents do Okay, that's good i'm glad you said that if you could send me the link um your link and then um, I will make sure that I purchase the hardcovers. Um, and if there is, is there a separate link for the soft and the hardcovers at all in the same link? It's all the same link. Okay, perfect. And I, I will even have an ebook too. So perfect, perfect. And I'll encourage people to buy the the hardcovers as well. So, so Thanks, here's something I didn't tell you that as far as one of the questions goes. So I am going to put you on the spot just a little bit. As we get ready to close today, I will be honored if you will close us out in prayer for us before we conclude this this episode. Sure. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing Eric and putting him in my path for the Rooted in Cross podcast because I know it was where I needed to be to help get my story out that you want me to share with the world. Lord, Help us touch touch more of the non-believers. Put them on the path to you because the end of days is coming and more people need to know about you and learn about you. 
and be in your army to defeat the evil. And Lord, please keep everybody healthy and happy during this holiday. And let them know what it's really about because it's all about Jesus Christ and the birth. Thank you for giving him to us and helping us through hard times and being there for us. And I want to pray that Eric and his family have a healthy and a happy new year as well as a blessed Christmas. And anybody, anybody listening to this podcast, make sure they, they stay healthy and strong and strong in you, Jesus. And thank you for being here for us. I ask this in your blessed name. Amen. And Jesus, I just want to, Father, I just want to lift up Daisy and her ministry to you now, Lord. Lord, I pray that you just continue to just use her. And Lord, I'm going to continue to believe in healing over her, um, no matter how you see fit to do it, Father. I'm just going to continue to speak forth healing over her life. I thank you for just the inspiration that she is. I thank you for her yes. I thank you for her obedience. And I pray that her testimony just continues to touch millions of lives, Father. I thank you for everything you're doing in her and through her. And right now, Father, I just pray um, just a blessed holiday season over her and her family as well. Um, I, I thank you just for um, knitting our hearts together, just bringing us together, Lord. I thank you just for her just being on here today and just just uplifting your name and just bringing honor, praise, and glory to you. We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name, Lord. I thank you that she is just more than a conqueror, that she can do all things through Christ who strengthens her, that he who was in Daisy is greater than he who was in the world, Father. And again, I just thank you for her, yes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And, um. Y'all look out for my second book, Beyond Heaven Skates, so that I'm able to share what heaven possibly looks like so that some of the non-believers can see that there really is life after this life that we have, that we're living. It's a beautiful place, and I know that's what God showed me. He, He told me he wants to write about that so that people know that there really is heaven so keep out for keep an eye out for heaven's get beyond heaven's gates and you've got to read unexpected moments first because after i talk about beyond heaven's gates in the middle of the book it, unexpected moments continue will do thank you for for letting us know and i'll get copies of that when it comes out too so thank you so much Daisy, thank you so much for being on the on the show today. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the opportunity to having you back on here to talk about your your second book. And uh, thank you so much once again for your yes and your obedience. You are an inspiration to us all. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me, Eric. It was a pleasure. Thank you.